Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast, where we have real, meaningful, and fun conversations with people who inspire us, and sometimes just with each other. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon, and this week we have partnered with the Virgin Australia Melbourne Fashion Festival to deliver you an audio experience of the festival wherever you are in the world. We've been chatting to designers, stylists, and entrepreneurs about the secrets to their success, how they've built their careers and so 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 much more whoa what a week it has been thank you guys so much for tuning in to these incredible episodes and here we are at our very last one i didn't think we were gonna make it at times i didn't think we were either it was exhausting there were tears there were laughs there were smiles there was sadness it all happened right here on how to live the podcast you guys stuck it out with us for a while there, I was just like so exhausted, didn't want to get out of bed. I think it was like at about the third day. And now that we're finished, I don't think I will get out of bed. I'm really excited to go watch some TV. But eight episodes down in the week and I think it was incredible. Can't believe these amazing people that we've gotten to chat to over the week. I have learned so much and I hope you guys have as well. So today we are ending off with an incredible episode with the lovely Kate Gaskin, who is one of Australia's most renowned stylists. We got to sit down this morning with Kate in the window at David Jones Burke Street. I'm going to miss our little window. Mm, me too. All right. Well, let's just get straight into it. So here is Kate Gaskin, you guys. So we would love to chat a little bit about how you went about building your career. Yep. You've been in the industry now for 20 years, 20 plus years. Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you've had a pretty incredible career. So yeah, we'd love to chat about how you kind of got your start in the fashion industry. Yeah. Uh, well, it was sort of by accident. So I was studying um, a fine art degree and had a vision of getting into curating. Um, and I was doing a double major in printmaking and, and art history and I really um, saw myself working at the National Gallery and um, curating their exhibitions. And then at the time, I, uh, while I was studying, I was working in fashion retail back at Lisa Ho, and, um, which I absolutely loved and uh, was doing a lot of their visual merchandising and styling clients and um, really just kind of got a feel for... for the styling side of things even though it was sort of inadvertently came about um, and yeah really enjoyed that and then my uh, boyfriend at the time his sister worked at sports girl and she said why don't you come out on a shoot I sort of it was near the end of my degree and wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do and she said you know why don't you just come out on a shoot with us and see how it all happens and thought yeah why not like may as well get out there and you know try something new and um, went on this shoot with them and I think I was like the third assistant like getting coffees and tying up shoelaces and doing all the you know lowest of the low jobs but it was the most incredible experience ever and that just really opened my eyes to the opportunity and I think that was before there were um celebrity stylists and you know even before Instagram and social media so I didn't even really know that a stylist job existed so that was kind of um, part of the magic of it I think that I sort of got into it by accident and I mean my degree and I've always been a very hands-on um, creative practical sort of person and I think that kind of led me um, 
down that path and it, it does have a relevance to art and and culture which is you know where I my background was um and so from there just sort of started assisting more and um luckily at the time there was a job going at the age uh, as an editorial assistant in their magazines department and I applied and somehow got it and I think the money was just dreadful and so I was living at home with mum and dad and catching the train in every day to the city and just it was the best experience I could have ever asked for and then I was there for um must have been about five years I think as working uh, in magazines doing all sorts of assisting on shoots um, lifestyle interiors um, fashion from there went over to London for a few years which was incredible but a big quite a struggle Um, and then came back and then got a job at the Melbourne magazine which was the um, glossy magazine monthly monthly magazine in the age and was their fashion editor uh, for several years and then um, went out freelance and here we are. So Here we are. Yeah, that's the kind of amazing. I feel like yeah, there's nothing <laughs> quite like like when you're talking about like, you know, when you first got into it and you were working with sports girl on your first shoots, I feel like yeah. there's nothing like that like when yes. you first discover shoots and yeah. they're just like it's all new to you and yeah. it's just so much fun and oh, exciting so and just fun. happy but to be there. But also so terrifying. Oh, like, yes. I, I remember the stylist that was on the job and he was quite scary. Oh, yeah. And obviously didn't want a bar of me because I was sort of, you know, the lowest of the low. But even that, you just it was just so fascinating and yeah. there's such actually, an eye-opener. There's still something in photo shoots that I find terrifying, like, because it's just a big question mark at the beginning yeah. of the day, right? Like, yeah. you've got everything planned out so perfectly. You've got your models, your wardrobe, everything. But there's still just, like, this unknown element of like is this going to be the best shoot ever or is like one element going to let us down and bomb and so like on the morning of a shoot I'm still so nervous even though we've done so many and then like in the afternoon when like it's all come together it's like elation yeah and I think that's great I I mean I even get nervous every time I go to a shoot and I think that's good because it means you care and it means you're passionate about what you're doing I think if you're complacent about it it you know then it probably would go wrong but yes. there are so many unknowns and it's the same with fashion week like i mean you even see on the the major runways overseas that you know someone could fall over in their shoes mm. or a, a oh zip will break or it, it, there's so many things that are just left to to the gods and you've got to pray that it all works out yes. i don't know why that's just given me a total flashback so <sighs> we went to tokyo fashion week Probably five years ago now. Yeah, I think it was 2014. And there was this one incredible show that we went to. I can't even remember who the designer was. Lucky for that designer. (laughs) And there was like a set of stairs halfway through the runway. And the girls were in the most giant platforms, like kind of stiletto-y platforms you've ever seen. Yeah. And one girl comes down the stairs and she's like, (gasps) onto the floor. And everyone was like, (gasps) But it wasn't just this one girl. It, it was every girl. Every what? model. Like, <laughs> the shoes were so tall. Yeah, and they would all do it on the same step. It was oh like one, two, two There they go. Oh like, no. And so by the end of it, you were, like, closing your eyes. Like, for a while, people were laughing. But then it was like, oh, this is so tragic. No. So sad. No, yeah. So good. there are, no. like, a lot of unknowns. You just can't plan for that. I mean, you've got to think that it's, like, in the dress rehearsal. Was that not happening, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess when we look at your career, we do love that it is very varied and mm. it's clear that you kind of just like let the universe take you. You know, you thought you were going to be working at the NGV and then you started styling and all of these different things. Worked as a journalist, you've done a bit of everything. Yes. And yeah. 
we do feel like there's so much pressure that like, you know, when you're finishing uni or even like when you're fresh out of high school, you're supposed to know exactly what the path is going to be. And that's yeah. going to be your one path, you know, like stay in that lane. And yes. that lane, if you keep working hard, that lane will get you somewhere. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to being a creative, do you think it's okay to like move in and out of things and not have such a clear, of you course. know, this is the one way? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I even remember when I was finishing year 12 and you, there's so much pressure on you to make decisions that are going to affect the rest of your life and a majority of my friends now that are all you know grown up in in real adult jobs aren't in any jobs related to what they studied and you know you go to uni for five years and study something that you feel you should be doing or you know your parents want you to do or you think you're going to make money from but you don't end up loving that and so you inevitably you're going to end up leaving it because it's not you so I think You've got to take these things seriously, but it's not the be all and end all. And, you know, you've just got to enjoy the journey because that's really where you learn. Try not to feel so pressured because, yes, it is a big decision, but inevitably things change. And I think culturally now, you know, back in my parents' day, they would have one job and that would be their whole job for the rest of their life, like their career path. I feel like everyone is a lot more flexible in the way that they work now. Like, um, you know, most people by the age of... 30 or 40 have had three or four different careers so I don't think there's that pressure um, from society to just have one job now and I think the more experience you have the better and I mean even from a styling perspective when people say to me you know what you know do you think what course do you think I should do and I don't think you can learn styling from a book you you know you need to get out there it's a practical craft you need to get out there and and experience it and see what it's actually really about and build the relationships as well and you know build um, your own aesthetic and and uh, refine your eye because a lot of that is on the job learning experience Mm. so I think just that is probably a a key point is just get out there and get as much experience not in just fashion in any uh, any industry that you're you're working in I think totally because I think the skills that you learn like if you've learned hard work you can go and pivot that and apply it to something else so you know we actually had a girl who worked with us um whose dad was 60 and he was starting a whole new career you know like I just feel like now it's like at any age you can just like there's no judgment anymore yeah. or there shouldn't be. Yes. And it's like, yeah, do what al- makes you happy. And yeah. also like you can skill up at any age now, you Absolutely. know, which is like really cool. Like I'm looking at doing like I did fashion and textile merchandising at uni and I'm like now looking back being like, oh, I maybe wish I did industrial design. So I'm like, oh, yeah. well, what's I can just do that now. You know, I can just do a short course or a long course. Yeah. And all of your past experience is going to make you even more, have an even more broader knowledge of any industry that you end up in. Yes. It all feeds into one another. Yeah, for sure. And we feel like in a lot of jobs now in creative industries, it is important to have a personal brand. And I feel like for us, like having grown up a personal brand, I feel like I could, you know, if, if how to live in tubes didn't work out, I could go and, you know, use that and be like, hey, I've got, you know, I've, mm. I've grown my personal brand and I could leverage that to get other opportunities now. Yes. And, um, you know, we look at, at you and we feel like it's something you've done really well, your Instagram. How have you gone about building your personal brand? Has it been something like that's been thought out? Um, I think for me it's been really difficult because – when I started out, as I said, there was no social media, there was no Instagram. But it has been something that I've struggled with, to be honest, because like I like to keep my personal life personal. And I, 
like to let my work speak for itself and it's becoming harder to um, separate those two because the weird thing is whenever I I rarely put photos up of myself and when I do they're the ones that get the more likes in mm. my work and it's kind of annoying because I you know I, I'm so passionate about what I do and when I see a beautiful image and I put it out there it's probably um, you know people I don't know I think people are just obviously so interested in everyone else's personal life that that's what um, garners sort of more attention um, and I think for me I sort of struggle with that because my like I said my personal brand I don't I've never really wanted to push that side of things but more and more you you just have to otherwise you kind of get left behind and I'm starting to become more comfortable um, with it and uh, you know get more involved in those sorts of things I mean I'm sitting in a window in Burke Street <laughs> being interviewed right now which I never thought I would do and you know it's it's great for my growth as well and my personal growth because I think you can easily become complacent and you know when you get to a certain point in your job or career you you know it inside out and then things get flipped on their head like with social media coming along and for me that's been um, a huge learning curve and um, something that I've found difficult but also um, ha- and challenging but I think it's been great to be able to sort of um, embrace it as well and, and learn how to make it work for me and I think at the end of the day the key for me is just staying authentic because I won't align myself with a brand that I don't understand their values or appreciate their way of working or um, you know the products that they produce. Mm, and it's It's funny hearing you talk about, you know, wanting to keep your personal life private because I actually forgot that we used to want that as well. (sighs) Um, And for a really long time, like once we had started How to Live, like even though we were putting like our names and our faces out there, it was still like, oh, but our our private life is very much private. And then, yeah, over the course of probably, I guess, the last... 18 months um and this though there's been such a huge shift in people really wanting to know it all yeah we're just like oh screw it let's <sighs> just let them see it all and now yeah. like we're because i guess especially since we started the podcast it's it's hard to kind of conceal those things yes. when you're in somebody's ears it's yes. very intimate yeah. yeah um but there is i guess a juggle and you have to find what's right for you of like you know i need to build this personal brand and this yeah. feels right to me and yeah this is so inauthentic. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess there's a difference between being really showy about it as well. And I think that's why we really didn't like social media in the beginning because it was always like, it was always about making sure we looked good and making sure whatever we presented was. And there were enough comments on the photo and there were enough likes that it made sense with the amount of followers we had and all that. And as you say, like now it's, you know, it's about being more authentic and, and about aligning with things that align with your values. And I feel like, those things make us all go like, oh, okay, like yep. it's okay to share a little bit yeah. more because people aren't judging as much. People, you know, you're not you're not going to all these lengths to fake anything. You're just being you. And I feel like yeah. we all feel okay with putting us out there. Yes. We just don't want to be, you know, creating this glossy image all the time because that's exhausting. I know. And I think people are smart. They know when you know, something is fake or, um, you know, contrived. They're not – and I think the most – the things that have the most traction are the things the, – the posts or the podcasts that are the most raw and honest. So, mm. you know, I think just because you have 100,000 or 200,000 or however many thousand followers, if you're – the content that you're posting is, is not real and legit, I think it doesn't have – 
doesn't matter. It yeah. just doesn't you know, you might have a thousand followers, but if what you're what you're posting is real and true, I think it's it just seems so much more valuable. Mm, I feel like we're gonna look back at this period in history and be like what the hell were we all doing? Like we were all traveling to the exact same places to take the exact same photo. And we're all going to like cafes and snapping pictures of our food rather than eating it. Like it just makes no sense. It is so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. You get caught up in it when you're in it. But like afterwards we're all going to be like, what were we thinking? Well, I guess that's the thing for me. I just think why do people even, why do they care what I do? Or like I just find, I mean, I can understand if it's, you know, Beyonce or someone incredible, but I just think, we're just so normal like why do people really care about those kind of things yeah lately I've actually been trying like not to share as much just to like see how it affects me and the other day actually can't remember what happened but something really funny happened to me like silly or something and it's something that I would have usually posted about like straight away being like oh this belongs on Instagram what was it got now my phone (laughs) and talked about it I can't remember instead I was just by myself and it just started pissing myself laughing and I just like had the best time with myself about this funny thing rather than having to share with all my yeah. followers and there's something really nice about that as well but like, that's real like you're enjoying a moment you're not <laughs> you're not creating a moment for for an audience yeah I but i had forgotten what it felt like to enjoy a moment like yeah. that by myself yeah that's <laughs> crazy well good for you you should do more of that yeah thanks <laughs> um so personal style is something that we get asked a lot about um you know how do you build it how do you find your own so we wanted to kind of ask you that because you are kind of much more of an authority on the topic um <laughs> so i guess with your style you know you always look so beautiful and well put together but it's all very Kate, you know, yeah. it feels like authentic to you. And feels like pretty effortless as well. Yeah. So well, how to did be you honest, I, I don't have much time or effort <laughs> my, to put into my outfits, but I do, uh, my style is very simple. I generally, I mean, I've dressed up for you guys today. Oh, thanks. I dressed up for you too. <laughs> I did notice that. <laughs> um, but generally, I like I said, I'm a real t-shirt and jeans kind of person, but I do, I've really, um, my mindset has really shifted and I'll be completely frank that when all the um, fast fashion retailers hit Australia, I got excited by it and I went a bit nuts. Me too. And then I had to s- step back and, you know what what am I doing to the environment what am I doing to you know where is this stuff being made where does it come from I don't why do I need a hundred gray t-shirts I need two really good gray t-shirts that I'll wear until they fall apart and my mindset has certainly shifted mm-hmm. um, and I've become more in my style I think I've become more minimalist so um, I buy a few key pieces each season generally like a great bag maybe a great coat I love blazers like I always wear a tailored piece so most of my wardrobe is quite casual so if I'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt I'll always have like a beautiful blazer or a coat to throw over the top because I think it just sort of is an instant um, way to smarten up your look and accessories I love um, jewelry in saying that I probably don't wear a lot of it all the time like I love big statement earrings and that sort of thing which I'll wear when I go out but yeah I think it's more now for me about quality over quantity I can completely relate to the like getting carried away with all the fast fashion and yeah now I'm definitely trying to kind of save up for those pieces that I really want in a season rather than just like going crazy and buying a version of it because it's hard when it like it looks really similar yeah so you're like oh like I saw that really nice thing by an Australian 
Australian designer that I could get for like a fourth of the price at this place. But ultimately, it's not going to last you longer no. than this season. And that's not what we're in it for. Yeah. And it's just those small design details as well that really make the difference between an incredibly well-crafted piece and a $20 jacket that you're yeah. buying from a high street retailer. Yeah, and you do um, feel better in it as yeah, well. Like absolutely. you feel special. Yep. Even if it's just to work or whatever, I'm finding that like, yeah, Arj is what I usually yeah. splurge on. Yep. And, um, you know, and then I, it's like these really over-the-top shirts with huge sleeves that Steph's wearing today, but I'll just wear it with a pair of trackies underneath to work. Yep. And I just feel like a million bucks. Yep. Yeah, totally. It's interesting because I feel like we've been having this discussion lately about how people are starting to shift their mentality and they realise that shopping sustainable is important but will they be willing to spend more you know like Mm. we're looking with tubes to be using more sustainable materials but if that means creating more expensive shoes will they buy and I just realized hearing you talk about it that maybe it's that people will be buying less and people will be investing more into pieces and that's obviously a shift that has to come over time yes it can't just happen tomorrow but if people really do you know I think shifts are happening in the world so people are really waking up to shopping sustainably is really important so maybe people will be spending the exact same amount on their wardrobe but rather than spending you know buying 10 pieces from a fast fashion outlet they'll be saving up for two pieces from like a sustainable yes yeah as a sustainable option yeah and i think also even as you said like with everything that's going on in the world right now we do a lot of our industry relies on overseas production so hopefully it may have a flow-on effect that we do really need to rethink the way we source our our, uh, fabrics and our production because, you know, I think for a long time the industry here has relied on overseas production because of, you know, to keep costs down. But it it would be an incredibly positive outcome from such a tragic um, time if we could bring more production back to Australia and and become more self-reliant because, you know, we have so many incredibly talented designers here and makers and um, producers that, you know, the, the industry has been suffering for a long time now and hopefully maybe this might create that shift that we need to bring bring everything back home. So I guess for us it's been really amazing to have your support in getting our shoes in the runway and, and we've seen like as Tubes grows, um, stylists are definitely more willing to kind of like chuck us in at the last minute, which has been very exciting for us. <laughs> but so if a brand kind of did want to get noticed by a stylist and try and get their stuff involved in a runway whether it be or shoots or whatever it is exactly how do they kind of go about that I guess for me I sort of am constantly researching and on the lookout for new things and I, I do really love to try and support local and support young designers where possible because I know it is so hard to get a break out there and especially now with digital age that the market is just flooded but I guess um, social media can be used for the positive like that's how I found out about you guys I saw your Instagram and then from there looked into who you were and what you do and and then we've sort of had a relationship ever since Um, but I guess you know you can I personally I don't know if it's old school, but I just don't like direct message. I think that's really unprofessional. I'd try and hunt down the person's email and you can find anyone's email these days. So find their email and send through your lookbook or images of your collection. Um, I mean, I think some people 
um, some brands do do gifting, which I don't know how effective that is because I feel like everybody's sending everyone things now. So, I mean, for me, the best way, the best approach is to email um, and and also persistence is kind of key within reason um, because I, to be honest, when I'm busy, I'm hopeless on email. I take note of things, but um, I might not respond because I just you know my head's all over the place and it's probably a big downfall for me that I need to kind of improve but um or or pick up the phone you know a lot of the time I think people kind of the art of conversation has been lost a bit so pick up the phone and say look hey my name's Jess I've got a new brand um I was just wondering if you would be open to coming to see my collection or whether I can send you my lookbook and just try and um, establish some sort of relationship from that way I love that you said their persistence within reason I feel like we've heard that a few times this week and I feel like people would be quite surprised to hear from stylists and journalists that you're the ones saying be persistent because sometimes yeah. people feel like they're annoying. Oh, there's our mum. Hi, mum. Oh, cute. Hi. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's really cool to hear from yeah. you that like, yeah, be persistent, obviously in a polite way. And I almost feel like when once you've sent someone an email, like, and I know when we get emails and we forget to respond and then people end up following up and they're like, hey, just checking in. Hey, just checking in. It just makes you feel guilty about it. And I found that a better way of following up is like send the email. If you don't hear back, wait a little bit. And yeah. the next time you have something like cool to send talk about. Send something fresh. Send something yes. fresh yeah. rather than constantly following up in the thread because yes. I feel like that just overwhelms people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's a great approach. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or even even like not even something fresh about you, but something fresh that like they might like to see. Just like, hey, just wanted to shoot you this. I thought you might like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Introduce yeah. yourself again because they might have missed the first email, yeah. but do it in a new way that you're constantly starting a new conversation. That's a great point to keep um, creating content and sending new things through because you know I might see your email and clock that you've got these incredible um, new sort of tweed slides and just at the time it might not be relevant to me and so I might not reply but then say for instance when fashion week came around and that was exactly what I was after and so we got on the email got it over and you know and that was probably a few months later after mm. you'd already sent me that email so it doesn't necessarily mean um, it's not being received Um, received, but I think like your approach like that you suggested to keep sending through different new ideas I think is a great way to sort of stay at the forefront of someone's mind without being annoying the theme of this year's festival is fashion's wonderland and we've been asking everybody this question all week so we're going to ask it one last time yeah uh if you could create Kate's wonderland where would it be who would be there with you and what would you be doing I think for me, like I was saying before, fashion is is how you interpret it and, and how you want to embrace it and how you want to express yourself. And for me, like going into the VAMP um, experience, it is a fashion wonderland. Like you see everyone there and they're so dressed up and they've really gone to so much effort and they've taken so much pride in, in how they present themselves. And, you know, everyone – it does bring joy to people. And for me, that is kind of a wonderland. You, you walk in there and there is amazing um, – like the plaza with all the incredible food and then you – all the smells and the senses are going wild and then you walk in and then you see the runway and I mean I was pretty proud of our runway 
for David Jones. And you walk in there and that's kind of a, a wonderland in a sense because it's got, you know, the beautiful red carpet and all the incredible florals and, and then all the models come out and they're quite surreal because obviously they are, when you see them backstage and they've got no hair and makeup on, they are just like normal people. But then you see them out on the runway and they're so majestic and it is, it does feel like a quite a surreal sort of wonderland. I guess, um, yeah, that's probably my idea of a fashion wonderland the music and and the lights and and the beauty and um it is sort of trans transforming um a normal everyday reality you take a step away from that into the into the um van playground and and it becomes something quite majestic there you mm. go so fashion's wonderland is kate's wonderland <laughs> <laughs> you got to live your wonderland mm. this week yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing well thank you so much for hanging out with us on this saturday morning thank you for having me and if people would like to know more about you yep. where can they find you on Instagram um, and on my agency's website, which is Heart & Co. Um, and I do have my own website, which does need an, a, an update. So maybe don't... No, we were that. having a read on that. <laughs> okay. All yeah. right. Maybe um, that can be on my to-do list this week when I'm sitting on the couch. Perfect. Truckies. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Thank okay, you. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much. Bye. So if you did like this episode and this week's podcasts, we would just absolutely love your help in getting the word out. So you could do this in a few ways. You can rate us five stars, leave us a comment, share a photo of you listening on Instagram. Make sure you tag at how to live so we can see it and enjoy. And also come along and continue the conversation on our Facebook group how to live the podcast that place is a fun place so come and join in the fun place so if you didn't hear vamp has unfortunately had to cancel the remainder of the events due to the coronavirus outbreak so we are going to be postponing our live event with Catherine wills good news for you guys is kath is our great friend we see her all the time anyway and so we've chatted to kath and we're going to be postponing that we're going to wait and see when it's going to be an appropriate time to hold it but Stay tuned for all of those details and we would love to see you guys there in the future. We will be back here in your ears on Tuesday with an in-conversation episode with the two of us. We don't know what it's going to be about yet, but I can guarantee you it's going to be a brilliant one. It sure will. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week, you guys. It's been so much fun getting to host the How to Live X Vamp, the podcast. Yeah, pretty major moment for us. So we really, really appreciate your support throughout the week and also just chill out and have fabulous weekends because that's what we're gonna be doing i am so excited oh my god same let's go chill let's go watch all the tv we'll see you guys on tuesday have a fabulous weekend we love you guys thank you so much for tuning in bye see ya.